Hello everybody, I'm Jason Trader, the Emperor of America, and I'm here with the fabulous Millie T. Hello everybody. And this is the Art of Being, the podcast. Uh, sorry, you don't know what we're doing, but we know what we're doing because we're doing Japanese music. Oh, is that what we were doing? Oh, you didn't know that's what we were doing? No. I thought we were just working on some theme music for our podcast. No, no, that was my Japan that was my that was my Japanese. Give it to me again. That's Japanese. <laughs> I thought that was like electric guitar. <laughs> oh my well, gosh. I'm a scholar of the Bible, not of Japanese culture, but I shouldn't have said that because I'm about to talk about Japanese culture. <laughs> <sighs> So today, our episode on the art of being is, we may have found one of the lost tribes of Israel, y'all. I don't know if you know this, but Israel didn't always listen to God, or the nation, the Hebrew people didn't always listen to God, and 10 of them- No, they did not. And the kingdom was split, and 10 of them scattered to the winds. In Ezra, actually, it says that they go to the- Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't just jump from that to the split. There was a reason why there was a split. Because they were following paganism. They weren't listening to the Lord. And so God said, I'm going to scatter you. That's right. And Ezra talks about them going to the four corners and talks about the farthest reaches of, you know, the the earth. Uh, And, hey, if you've ever seen where Israel is to Japan, it's pretty far. Mm -hmm. If I was to walk there, it would take more than... A day. So you're jumping ahead, though. You're 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 talking about. So Israel was disobedient. So God decided to uh, scatter them. So, mm-hmm. You know. Yes. And so. And so they scattered to the four corners of the earth, and we think we found where one of the tribes went. In Japan, hence the Japanese music in the intro. We probably should get some, like, real-life special effects. You should get some real-life Japanese music, because you cannot call that Japanese music. Let's just stay focused. Oh, right. So, anyway, so the reason why we think that the Japanese culture uh, could possibly be one of the lost tribe of Israel is because we found several similarities that relate both in Japanese and in Hebrew. For instance, the... Uh, Awaji Shrine is one of the oldest shrines. Awaji is, uh, it's like east of Osaka, um, directly like south of Kyoto. It's like its own little island surrounded by the major island of Japan. And in that, they found stones and these metal platings. The stones had Hebrew writing all over them, and the metal platings are mirror images to the metal plating found in uh, ancient Hebrew times that would hold the Torah scrolls. Now, they didn't find any scrolls, but they did find the same plates for holding the scrolls. They're, they're, they look exactly the same. And they found all these stones with the Hebrew writing. And amongst these stones, they also found two rings. One of them had the Star of David, and the other had the symbol of the tribe of Naphtali, which is the symbol of a deer. It had a deer... Well, I don't really. Ring. I don't know nothing about Neptali's symbol of the deer in the Bible, but Neptali, yeah, one of the Hebrew tribes. I didn't ever hear. Yeah, but was the symbol a deer mm-hmm. of Neptali? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting, but I had no idea that 
David or had a star. Well, so the David star, I would, uh, and again, that's that's probably a podcast episode by itself. Mm. But I believe it to be pagan. I don't believe that the David star has anything to do with God. Uh, <clears throat> I think that the Hebrew people were using it as pagan ways, and probably like Moses and other people were fighting against that kind of stuff. But they do know that the star has, has existed for quite some time um, so in the nation of Israel. something that you didn't really say is that you're not saying that the Japanese people are Hebrew. You're saying it's a possibility that they're Hebrew or that Hebrews went there and their influence was over the Japanese people. Yeah, that was my, that was, I was going to kind of bring that up at the end. Oh, okay. Spoiler! Because when you say that there is a star of David found amongst other similar Hebrew things, like, you you know, I don't remember, I wouldn't think that Hebrews would, I mean, unless it was some Hebrews who had, like you said, pagan items with them, fleeing. Well, the reason they got scattered was because they were pagan. So to me, it's not, it's not... A far stretch to say that when they got to whatever nation like Greece or the Viking culture, that they were doing pagan things with it. So I wouldn't expect it to match Hebrews exactly because if it matched exactly, they wouldn't have been kicked out because they would have been doing the right thing. So they were clearly influenced by, which is pretty much what America is. But anyway, well, what else he got in Japan? What else they found? So one of the they found plates and stuff, and so they found the Star of David on like China, like a. Of China as in a plate, not China as a location, like um, uh, silverware and stuff like that. Where did it date back to? It, it dated back. I found stuff in like, they were looking at like 500 uh, BC, 600 BC, which is probably about 200 years or so after the scattering. The scattering happened in about 922 BC, I think. As, well, I think that's when the nation split. 923, 923. Yeah, and then and then uh, they were scattered, you know, a couple hundred years. God was pretty long suffering and let them kind of stick around longer. So we're so I'm getting my dates all mixed up. But anyway, the point is, it was a couple hundred years after the scattering, these plates so have the influence. And one of the things that I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you should you definitely should Google it is look up Hebrew compared to Japanese language. Man. Their languages look exactly the same. Now, the Japanese people have way more characters in the Hebrew, but I mean... Thank you for bringing that up. What's wrong with that? It matches. The the Japanese people have more than 26 letters in there. Yeah, 22 in Hebrew, yeah. Right, so it's 22 in Hebrew. I I heard it was 27 letters in the Hebrew. I don't know. But either way. Okay, 22 to 27. Japanese have more characters, for sure. So then if the Japanese have more characters, then of course they might look like some sticks and strokes. Yeah, but that's stuff that developed later down the line. If you look at the Hebrew letters, like the word ka is also koi in Japan. They're both a bracket. They, They look like a backward C. They're a bracket. They look exactly the same, and they're pronounced the same too. You look at ra or uh the r sound they both look like a backwards r they're they're the the th sound both 
Japanese and Hebrews, it looks like an upside down Y. And this is just three of the examples I wrote. There was about 15 or 20 Wow. exact matches well, in the Hebrew language matching when Japanese. When you say that, when you're talking about writings being translated, not translated, but extremely similar to being almost the exact same writings from uh, Hebrew language or in the Japanese language, that makes me want to like listen up a little bit more and research a little I'm bit more. I'm telling you, it like, looks a lot like it. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the comparison of the alphabet during our notes. What did you think? I thought that was pretty telling. I was blown away. That's when I was immediately started listening. Because before I was just like, oh well, you know, I don't know about this, I don't know that. But when you're talking about our writings the same and some of the words as well, that does sound like uh, he Hebrew influence in it definitely at does. least that region of is it just that region of japan no all of japan's writing because every culture has oral tradition before they learn to write and it's just interesting that oh just so happens that you know 100 years or not like 50 to 100 years after the hebrews are scattered that you start seeing japanese writing and it matches hebrew writing like that's just hmm that's it's it's a little close for coincidence like having the Star of David, so like a six-pointed star, Hebrews, maybe. But yeah, that's I'm not. I'm ignoring the six six-pointed star. Uh, it don't seem like something God would be down for. Well, he wasn't, but that doesn't. But I'm. But it did exist in amongst Hebrew culture. Okay, so anyway, but you're saying that the Hebrew people most likely influenced Japanese writing, at least the yeah. alphabet. Yeah. They're. I'm saying that there's evidence of it. Like you said before, I'm not 100%. I'm not saying all Japanese people are Hebrew, but I'm saying the Hebrew people were uh, influenced. They might have went over there. The, they influenced the Japanese culture. So I, I just say, don't see that that's... Since, since it's in their writing, then would you say that Hebrews could have possibly taught the Japanese how to read and write? Oh, yeah. And, and when you start seeing Japanese emperor and the, the word emperor and stuff for the first time, for instance... Uh, the Japanese word Mikoto means king and Muhoto means his kingdom in Hebrew. So Japanese Mikoto, Hebrew Miholto, it's like the same thing. All right, I'm not going to buy that. And the, one, but the but same word for emperor, the emperor is Mikado, uh-huh. and to say a noble one in Hebrew is Mikado. Okay, you it's got the me same there. thing, but with you like an L at the end. Oh man, those are some. Those are the similarities I like to hear. What yeah, and that? then the, the, I mean words like run, hurry, circle, turn. Um, an, anata is both you in Hebrew and in Japanese. And uh, there's anata? yeah, there's a word uh, hadaka Hashem, which is uh, basically it's was used to describe Job, meaning like the tearing of down of something or the destruction of something. Poor Job. Uh, Hazuka Shin means the same thing in Japanese. All right, say the first word. Hadaka Hashem. Uh-huh. That's and, Hebrew. Uh-huh. Hazuka Hashin is Japanese. That's completely different. It's but it's so similar. The Hadaka part? No, it's Hadaka Hashem and Hazuka Hashim. Hazuka and Hadaka. Right. But they have the same if you look at their language, they also have the same characters. To kind of depict it, but it it's just a it's warping because they probably All have right. their own language. I'll give, and culture I'll give at the you time. about like fifty on that, fifty percent on that. So Japanese samaru 
means to serve or to guard. It's where they get their word samurai. Mm-hmm. In Hebrew. Samaru. The, yeah, so samurai is where they get their word as a servant, right? Uh, the, the Hebrew root word is shamar. So samaru, shamar. That is, there's just basically an R at the end. If you take the R away, it's Shama. All right, I could buy those as cousins and brothers There's and a lot, and, and yeah. these are just a few that I wrote down. There that's is a, that's pretty good. well more that's, similarities. It's, to me, it's definitely worth looking into. Yeah, and then, so I have other things here. So the Yamabushi, which is a holy man, he's the Shinto religion of Japan. They call their priest a Yamabushi. Uh, they, if you look at their garments, they wear a garment very similar to the Hebrew priests. They really do. Wait, they, which one? So, so the the Japanese people wear like this. Is this one with the caps or the robes? The robes. Yeah, their robes do remind me. Of yeah, Hebrew. and the Hebrew yeah. men, they would tie a box on their forehead, the Hebrew priest, and they would keep scriptures in it. Uh, well, the the Yamabushi, mm-hmm. they have a shell that's wrapped with a leather strap. On the top of their head, very similar uh, I know to that. You're ta- what you're talking about, and I read that these the Japanese people who tie that little box on their forehead, um, only them and Israel or, or or Hebrew is the only people that wear some sort of like shell cap on their forehead. Yeah, not a lot of people put stuff on their forehead. They wear a hat with a, a decoration well, on their head. Everyone wears a thing. hat. There's a hat. Yeah, I mean, there's even church The specific lady item on the but, forehead yeah, with a strap. And then the, the Hebrew priest would wear uh, like a, a, a vest with like the onyx stone, the various mm-hmm. stones on it. Mm-hmm. Well, the Japanese priests wear they the same sure thing, do. but it's shells. They really because do. Because they wouldn't have had the same stones that would have come from the Middle East. <sighs> they really do. do it so. looks so much they, similar. Yeah, those robes, similarities. And when you get into the Yamabushi, uh, the one of their oldest legends is the uh, Tengu. So the Tengu, if you've ever seen it in Japan, it's a mask that they'll wear, but it it has very European features on the mask, and it's it's you'll know it by the nose. The nose is like super huge, long Pinocchio looking nose that comes off this mask, mm-hmm. and that's the legend of the Tengu. Well, the Tengu come in various forms and legends throughout their history, but one of the oldest legends is the Tengu came came down from a mountain to the Yamabushi, and they gave them something called the Torah Nomaki, which basically mm. means the scrolls of Torah. That's what it means. Torah Nomaki means scrolls of Torah? Right. And we know that the Torah makes the first five books of the Bible. So if is you ask the what? Yamabushi, what's your whole, where'd you get, where'd you learn how to do what you do? They mm-hmm. say we learn from the Torah Nomaki. Now, when they're talking about the Torah Nomaki, are they talking about the Torah, the word of God? Well, the... What's written in their Torah Nomaki? They don't that's have the, the original Torah Nomaki. And what's, that's where it's like, okay, well, maybe. What's in the Torah Nomaki right That's now. where they they don't have the original Torah Nomaki, but it was... Wait, wait, wait. So there's a religion still existing to this day? The that, Shinto people. That they don't have their own papers? Right, right. But they oh. have the legends that were passed down to well, the next priest well, from do? the Torah Nomaki. Well, what do they do in their legends? Well, they've written it down since then. I'm just saying... What are the similarities besides okay, so, just saying we have a Torah that we right? Don't so one of the have. things they do is they have a god, a god called uh, Moriah, M O R I Y A. That's how you do it in English, Moriah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. They believe that the god of Moriah 
came to this land long, long ago and was defeated by another god. And he was a warrior. He's looked at same with the Tengun. They're looked at very the. They're looked at a warrior like culture. They're very, they fight everybody. That already has nothing to do with Jesus. Mariah, the the Hebrews were a warrior people. They fought all the time. Yeah, but they believe that some god came down. They believe. Hold on, let me finish. So Mariah is the god who got defeated by another god. The arc the archaeologists who study this. They actually believe it's an actual event and not and that that turned into the tales of gods. Mm-hmm. So what the archaeologists believe is that another nation or another rival clan got into a war over this land and lost and that that turned into the the tale of the defeat of Moriah. So they believe that that's the right thing and they have a mountain to this day where the Yamabushi practice uh, some of the festivals I'll get into in a minute. But they call it Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is where Abraham sacrificed Isaac. It has so much biblical significance. They so have in Japan, a mountain. they have a Mount Moriah spelled M-O-R-I-A. Right. Yes, and in Mount Moriah, it, it, it's... In Japan, and then there's a Mount Moriah. Yes, and the, the original... And another interesting thing is Buddhism spread throughout Japan, and everybody loved it, mm-hmm. except for the people that lived on Mount Moriah. They didn't like it. They opposed Buddhism... That's Han, interesting. They, I don't like Buddhism. They were against Buddhism. That's very interesting. So, so that and that comes from the people of Mount Moriah. And these people of Mount Moriah in Japan said they got their religion from a Torah. The Torah Nomaki. Nomaki, but what is in the Torah Nomaki? They don't have it. It's lost the time. Okay. But it was verbally passed down to the next priests who began to practice it. Who began to practice this religion? So, um. I think that just, that's pretty. So when I saw a video of, of these people during this, this festival, on, oh, here, let me try to say it. Onahasai, Onahasai, it's the festival that happens on Mount Moriah. When I saw a woman praying at the top of Mount Moriah, mm-hmm. there was a menorah right there in front of her. There was actually two menorahs. I tried to look this up everywhere, and Is I couldn't. Menorah in the Bible? Yes, it looked exactly the same. It was the Menorah in the Bible. Right, There's no mistake. Well, there you go. But I tried to research where the Menorah came from, and I couldn't really find it. But when I saw a video of a guy just record, he was just it was just some random dude recording a bunch of, of people in the middle of Japan, and there was definitely Menorah up at the top of Mount. But Mariah. I've seen like Menorah type things. I want to say in India before, but I I can't. Well, say it I was believe a, it, I don't know if it was an eight stand Menorah podcast for another day, but. One of the tribes could be in India, too. But that's an episode for another day. Now, here's the thing about the Most High God. He did specify that nobody would be able to number these children. Yeah. And and, and so, the, the Onahasi festival, right now what they do is the priest take a... Uh, it, to me, it looks like the Ark of the Covenant, but it's a box... With instead of it looks like the Ark of the Covenant, but with instead of two cherubim on it, it has the phoenix, the the firebird, uh, and in it they keep their sacred scrolls. They carry the the box or their holy box from a temporary temple mm-hmm. to the permanent temple every April. Mm-hmm. They take it around town. They walk through water. And they stop and they dip it in water. All things that have symbolism back toward legends of Hebrew people crossing the Jordan and the water moving. But they take it around town, they prayed it in front of everybody, and they take it from the temporary temple. Pretty cool. To, to, 
That's not what the ceremony originally was. It changed because when Buddhism came in, they don't, the Japanese people before and after Buddhism didn't believe in human sacrifice. So that's why this, this thing changed. But when you look at the ancient way they used to do it, a, a, a young boy was tied to a tree and a priest would come to cut him. And as, as he would go to cut him, one of the older priests would stop the man from cutting this boy to a tree and present a deer in that boy's stead. Uh, like Isaac. Just uh, like Isaac. Ram in the bush. And guess where they practiced this? On top of Mount Moriah. Okay. So, which is exactly so where it happened in the Bible. So just to you all in just real quick, Jason's talking about at their festival in Japan, they would kind of reenact the sacrifice and... We're thinking it could possibly be linked to, and well, not we, but a lot of people who've studied this before us think that it could possibly it right. be linked to when uh, the angel came and um, stopped Abraham from sacrificing Isaac. And, and this festival, they they call it the Mariah no, Mariah no Kami, which means the God of Mariah. So that's why they're, they're doing the festival is to support... Mariah no Kami, the god of Mount Mariah. I read that Mariah was like their god, not a mountain. It, it is one of their gods. So that's why I got to a this day. That's but if I'm a Hebrew person and I come tell you the tale of Isaac and Abraham on Mount Moriah, and God gave a, a deer in his stead, you'd be like, on. oh, he was a god. Not the one and only true, but he was okay. We've learned and of a new god, and then the tales go from throw, there. Throw me off too is at the their festival. They sacrificed seventy five deer. The Japanese, yes, so, and and sacrifice is not a Japanese cultural thing. It clearly that's came true. It a hundred percent came from outside influence. Whether it's Hebrew or not, they don't sacrifice. And but guess what? They sprinkle the blood on what? the ark looking thing. Just like in Hebrew tradition. Well, okay. Here we go. Here we go. And of the 75 deer, one of the deer has a cleft in its ear, and that's how they know which one God chose. Okay. Here, here's the deal. I'm going to say I agree that there's some Hebrew influence in Japanese culture, period, point blank, bottom line. I'm going to I'm gonna leave it at that. So this other festival with the 75 deer, it's actually a different festival, and I'll, I'll butcher the name, but it's the Misa Kuchi festival now if you take that word me that means great in hebrew and yitzhak is isaac so the mizakuchi is thought of as the mitz yitzhak the me yitzhak which is the it matches the story of the great isaac yeah the great isaac yeah but if you ask japanese that's just what they call it they don't know where it where it came from that's what they call they can't find their torah they 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 don't know why it's called the great isaac it's yeah, well, and it's interesting too because I saw old folk songs where they say Yarin, Yarin, Sorin, and they don't know what it is. So they went and asked the the uh, Israeli ambassador, "Hey, have you ever heard this folk song Yarin Sorin? We don't know what Yarin Sorin means." And he's like, "I've never heard the song, but Yarin Sorin means sing and rejoice to me in Hebrew." You just yeah. said the Hebrew words, yeah, so sing and rejoice to me. All their Japanese life, they've been saying Hebrew stuff. And but they don't know knowing. why. There's another folk song where they're carrying an ark-like box. This is different than, than the Shinto priest one, but they're carrying an ark. And they say, Esa, 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 Esa. And they say that over and over again. You ask a Japanese person, what's Esa? And they say, that's just what we say. But if you ask a Hebrew person, what's Esa mean? They said it means to pick up. And they say that while they're lifting this holy crate in the air. That's 
very interesting. Yeah, so it's... Once again, Japanese people speaking Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It's wow. it's crazy. Yeah. And, and I mean... That's interesting. They have a, a festival in Kyoto where they celebrate Goyen, which a lot of scholars think is they mispronounced Zion. That... That's mm-hmm. a mispronunciation of that. And Why would they think that? What, because what because that? because of the the original name of Kyoto was Henako mm-hmm. or Henakoi, which means peace, just like Jerusalem means peace. And during the at the Henako, they would celebrate uh, the name Goyen. Mm-hmm. So Zion brought them the city of peace. Or Jerusalem. I mean, so so you have these things that we've been to Kyoto. It is quite peaceful. It's and there are well, there's shrines all over the place. Yeah, and I mean, it goes into little things that I won't I won't get too much into. But like the sumo wrestlers, they throw salt to bless the ring before they enter it to fight. Well, in Leviticus two and thirteen, it tells there's a salt offering. Mm -hmm. It that's what it says. Offer salt. But Before did you, you figure out what why the sumo wrestlers put salt They don't know there? why they do it. It's just what when you ask them they say it's our tradition. They don't wow. really know the origins. Wow. But when you wow. ask a Hebrew person what's if I throw salt what's that mean? They'll say, "Oh, that's Leviticus 2:13. It tells me to bless an offering. It's a custom of blessing with with salt." Uh Oh. Right. Well, I have to look up that Leviticus uh blessing with the salt. And also the samurai blessing with the salt. Because, again, those are just really similar things that you want to look at. Yeah, and then they, they have uh, in, Is- yeah, in Israel uh, the word gate. So the gate to enter the tabernacle, there's two pillars. And a lot of, you know, you can debate on what those two pillars mean. But there's two pillars. They don't hold up anything. They don't support anything. But they're the gate of the tabernacle. And they call that the Tara. Well, if you look at Japanese culture, mm-hmm. they have something called a tori. And a tori is a tori gate. It's that thing that looks like the pie oh, sign. It's a pillar with a line yeah. on top. They call that a pie sign. Yeah. It looks like a pie sign, but it's called a tori. That's if you right. ask what's those two pillars in front of the tabernacle, they say it's the tara. Oh my God, Trader. Okay, so now with that blowing my whole mind, I need to ask you what is the story behind the japanese tori then because if they have a story that has to do with some japanese guy then you would know that this doesn't have anything to do with the hebrew people but they're they're those are very similar they're shrines they're painted red and they're the the door posts um through their like spiritual thing yes yes and if you look at the the tara they would sprinkle it with lamb's blood Mm-hmm. And the Japanese just happened to paint their tori red. Yeah. So there's clear. I mean, to me, there's well, they're some not influence. Red. They're like orange, aren't they? No, they're red. They're red. They're red. They're red. We went to the one in Kyoto. It's a famous one where there's like oh, I don't know whatever it is, hundreds of them leading up into the Please mountains. Get to Kyoto. Yeah, it was very nice. This spring and summer. Now. And then I have two final points. One of them, if you take the Tabernacle of God, it has the Holy of Holies. It has the most holy place. It has the outer courts and the two pillars. Right. Right. If you take a Shinto priest temple and draw it on a map and lay that on top of the map of the tabernacle, it's exactly the same. It's very similar, the layout. It's the same layout. They have a holy of holies. They have a most holy place. 
So these Tengu, the legend of the Tengu, or the legend of the people of the god of Moriah that gave these Shinto what they are, they definitely could have been Hebrew people who went there to take over, didn't really work out so well, but then they just set up shop. They lost. They got defeated. So I'm not saying all Japanese people are Hebrew. Right. I'm saying I believe that Hebrew people made it. Yeah. And, And I believe that... They as far as Japan, which is very far. Yeah, and I don't believe that they're um, they were pure by the time they got there, because a lot of evidence says that Japanese cultures there they when they did DNA evidence, they actually found some roots to Middle East with a lot of on roots uh, in DNA the Japan on, on the Japanese people. They found DNA evidence from the Middle East, and they also found a lot from Korea and China. So I think these Hebrew people went took their DNA to these Chinese and the Koreans, mm-hmm. kind of bred with them, mixed with them, and mm-hmm. then went into Japan uh, as well. And so that's why the Japanese people have a mix of Chinese, Korean, and uh, Middle Eastern uh, proteins in their DNA mm-hmm. that, that are Maybe, very similar. You know, a lot of my people really believe that a lot of Asian people began uh, African. Not every... Um, I mean, this is a completely different topic, but um, not every Japanese or Chinese, but you see a lot of old pictures where they got a lot of dark skin and froze. They're very dark skinned. They, the in their culture, that it's they pride themselves on being light skinned mm-hmm. because it means you're not a laborer. Mm-hmm. So they intentionally try not to tan because the lighter you are, the more noble you are mm-hmm. because. People are dark from working in the fields, but mm-hmm. if you look at someone who's actually in the fields working in Japan, they're very, they're, they're very dark. Well, they're pretty brown. They are. Yeah. They are. And and here's the final nail in the coffin that I'm going to give you. God told his people, right, or Abraham. He said, "You will be blessed amongst all nations, and all nations will be blessed by you." So to me. When I look at cultures like Greece, who may also be a lost tribe, different episode for different day, Vikings, different episode for different day that it might also have Hebrew influence. Uh, And then I look at Japan that happens to be booming. If you would receive these people, God clearly said all nations will be blessed by you. So if I see a nation that all of a sudden just rises out of obscurity 150 to 100 years after the scattering, I'm going to say... God did say all nations would be blessed by them. So if the Japanese people would say, yeah, come on in, they would be blessed because they were blessing God's people, which yeah, would I, show a huge growth in the reason why yes, that, that nation moved. as someone who, you know, strongly believes that, you know, I, I am a descendant of the children of Israel, you know, when you say people will be blessed by you, we look at it like we give a lot to every other culture we we influence a lot of culture black people do have inf- greatly influenced our culture i mean the 70s was basically a bunch of people trying to be black i mean and even today <laughs> <laughs> you know Getting perms and stuff. yeah That's i mean okay. i mean i mean it's fine to me i mean a lot of people talk, cultural appropriations an episode for a different day but it, it went. I, I mean, I just think I to, to not get off subject because we can talk about the Igbo people, which are also the West Africans that became slaves that could also be Hebrew. We could do. We've done an episode on that where we touched on it lightly. Yeah. We can get into that a deep dive later, but uh, but to me, let's to bring it back around to the Japanese people. 
there's too many similarities because this is just a 30 minute podcast. It, I could have kept going with similarities. Like if you guys do this research for your own, it's very telling. And yeah, to me, it's very convincing. Yeah, but please let us know what you think. I'm also convinced too, but what I already told you what I'm convinced. I'm convinced that they definitely were probably through those parts. What are you convinced of? As I'm far as same thing. I'm convinced that the, that a, a tribe, maybe the tribe of Naphtali or whomever, yeah. made it that far because it says he's scattered to the four corners. It basically says the farthest reaches. So I wouldn't be surprised if like people don't from get, New Zealand yeah, were exactly, Hebrew, you know, yeah. because it says they're going to get far away, and yeah. you don't get much further from Israel than Japan. That's pretty far i mean god if we're talking about god being the one scattering these people i mean scatter means scatter so yeah so that i wouldn't be surprised that they pop up all over the place even if they're the original aborigines of australia so, you know yeah. i mean i haven't done so, that research at all but no, i'm just guessing I don't know but nothing about their aborigines, but what i'm saying yeah. is he said scatter so to me it's not far stretching he said nations will be blessed because of you to me i firmly believe not i'm not saying all japanese are hebrew maybe so i don't know but what I am saying is that the Japanese people, especially the Shinto mm-hmm. uh, religion, was influenced heavily by Yeshua and his people. I mean, I just... The Hebrew Israelites. Yep, the Hebrew Israelites. I think they made it there, and that is why they do the, some of the things they do to this day. I mean, it's just too convincing to me. That's but, exciting. We'll all know on the day of the Lord. Yeah. Or when? I don't know. I, I just really hope what, what I is hope the great reveal. What, what I is hope the is ju- great right after the rapture. My hope is that Jesus is like gather around, gather around. I got this movie that I'm going to show you guys. We've been working on it for a long time. We're really proud of it. This is us creating the earth. Yeah, this is exactly. How it all okay, here's the dinosaurs. Yeah, they were pink, all of them, because why not? We can't. We can do that. <laughs> so your uh, scientists were wrong. They were just pink. They're pink, rainbow. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex was rainbow, and he loved to give hugs. That's why we gave him little arms, so he could hug humans. Because if he had big arms, he would have crushed them. Guys, this is common sense. Oh, so I just hope there's this thing where they, he that just explains, explains it all. all your questions of life. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, well, we'll soon all find out. Yep, and please let us know what you think. Do research for your own. Don't let us tell you but uh study to show yourself approved absolutely it's pretty exciting yeah and anyway this is the art of being the podcast look for us wherever podcasts can be found we're on soundcloud we're on facebook at the art being we're on twitter at the real art being please email us at the art of being at gmail.com except in the being there's a three for the e we would love to hear from you and we're also on patreon dot com slash the art of being where you can donate to us and help us get some new equipment we would love some better microphones we would love uh some video we would love to start doing this uh live so you can actually see our beautiful yeah, faces hello. well my ugly mug and her beautiful face but what we would love to to do that kind of stuff so please help donate to our podcast and most importantly uh believe in jesus or you'll go to hell so we love you guys and uh we hope you're having a blessing <laughs> we hope you're having a blessed day bye all faith's got nothing on jesus no nothing nothing all right peace bye